From IMDb, over two typical days in the life of the Beatles, the boys struggled to keep themselves and Paul McCartney's mischievous grandfather in check while preparing for a live TV performance. I was in middle school when I saw this movie, and now I'm showing it to my 13-year-old daughter. This is PG-13, and today we'll be discussing A Hard Day's Night. Hello and welcome to the PG-13 podcast. My name is Monica Robbins. My name is Gracie Sanderson. And we just want to start out by saying happy holidays to everyone who is joining us. No matter what holiday it is that you celebrate, we are happy that you're here. Yes, and we really are. We are. And we just want to say thank you to you for listening Probably the greatest gift of this podcast yes. is the fact that you keep coming back and joining us. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, gift that we got uh, is new mics. Yes. Yeah, so we for the pod, we got it, the gift of new microphones. So we're hoping that you're hearing us now in a higher quality. Just think about it. Don't worry. We'll wait. Okay. Yes. Glad you hope that you hear the difference yeah and that you're enjoying it um where we have a goal of only making this podcast better and better each time yes. that we do it so again um thank you for the new microphones and thank you to you listeners for continuing to join us on this awesome journey that we're on yay okay so um oh speaking of listening though Always remember to um, rate and review and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Um, I know Spotify, we're on there and they have a new rating system. Yes. So if you like our podcast or if you like a certain episode, you can give it one to five stars. Um, so far, we're a five-star podcast on Spotify. We love to see it. Yeah, love to see it. And we're also a five- a five rated podcast on um, Apple. Yeah. So on, on I, I pod, what's it called? Apple podcast. Apple podcasts. I know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's funny because I, that's where I listen to most of my podcasts. So <laughs> it's funny that I would yeah. mess up the name of that. Yeah. Um, so wherever you listen, please rate, review, and subscribe. The more that you do that, the more it gets our podcast out there to other listeners and yes. gets uh, makes this party a little bit bigger. The more, the merrier. Yes. You know? And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PG13 underscore podcast. Exactly. Um, and there we did post um, a picture of us. Um, a little bit of an intro meet the host post. Um, and then we'll probably put some other detailed stuff in there as we move along. Yes. Um, but the best way to learn about us is to just listen along with everyone else as we tell our stories about these movies, um, which in turn lets us tell stories about ourselves. Speaking of movies, what's our movie today? Our movie today is A Hard Day's Night. So this is a movie about the Beatles. Yes. My mom loves the Beatles. I used to not like the Beatles, but here I am talking about it. 
Yeah. So we'll talk, <laughs> we'll delve into that a little bit more in just a minute. Um, I guess why I chose this movie, why it's, why, why it was in the movie box. Yes. Is that I grew up listening to the Beatles. Um, mm-hmm. My parents were big Beatles fans as were most of the people on the planet <laughs> um, during like, you know, the sixties. Yeah. And so I grew up listening to them. So for me, this movie is really the kind of more of like a nostalgic kind of comfort movie makes mm-hmm. me um, like think about times in my life when I listened to the Beatles. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a joke in another movie that's also in the, the movie box. Um, it's from sliding doors. And the guy says the Beatles, they really should be called the fetals because everybody comes out knowing their songs <laughs> because it's like, yeah, you can't ever really like remember like the first time you heard a song because you're always just like mm-hmm. exposed to Beatles music. Even yeah. when, even when you think you're not, you know? <laughs> so um, that's one reason I chose this to be in the movie box because I remember watching it and um, just kind of enjoying it like with my parents Yeah, because my mom was such a huge um, Beatles fan. Um, I actually checked in with her before we recorded because I thought it would be kind of cool to hear from someone who actually like was in the thick of it when this movie came out. Yeah. And my mom, um, Diane saw this movie in the movie theater. Yeah. Yeah, like her dad took her and her four sisters to go see A Hard Day's Night. Mm-hmm. And she said she was eight years old when yeah. the movie came out. Okay. It was 1964. Mm-hmm. This movie came out. And her dad took her and she said that it was hard to hear the movie because all the girls screamed through the whole entire thing. Oh, my God. So she remembers – that every time Paul's face came on the screen, the girls would go absolutely crazy. Oh my God. Um, and she said that she remembered like her, her dad was like, kind of almost like, what did I get myself into bringing these girls this movie? <laughs> but he sat through it because he knew that they liked it. I guess um, growing up, her and her sisters used to pretend to be the Beatles. So they would put on oh Beatles records and um, like my aunt Kathy would be Paul. And my Aunt Debbie would be John, mm-hmm. and my Aunt Maggie would be George, and then my mom would be Ringo, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so because of that, um, their dad took them to the movie. Yeah. Um, and she said that it was kind of funny, too, because – and we'll talk about this – that um, her mom actually didn't like the Beatles because they had long haircuts. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, they're, they were called mop tops at the time. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, my grandma wasn't a big fan of that. It's pretty <laughs> radical in those days to have, like, in that kind of haircut, even though, like, now it's like Justin Bieber. Yeah. Ju- it's like Justin Bieber hair. Justin Bieber hair. That's what it's not I would called. think it would be known as these days. Mm-hmm. So, just a lot of nostalgia when I'm watching this movie um, about times that I grew up like listening to them, hearing those stories, singing the songs myself. And also just a little tidbit before we get into like the background and the details. Okay. Um, another reason is, um, and another reason why I love the Beatles is I grew up listening to Beatles, but I actually um, 
didn't really get into them until middle school. Really? Yeah. So um, as much as I listened to them, yeah, what really got me into them and like really paying attention to like their songs and like the lyrics and the things they were saying is that in um, sixth grade, yeah, had a music teacher who who was new to our school. His name yeah. was Mr. Colson. Okay, at you know at the middle school that you're at right now, <laughs> and he we were just it was a an extra class that we got to go to where we would just sing songs, <laughs> and he chose Beatles songs for us to learn. Nice. So yeah, so I remember we learned how to sing eight days a week, and it was like me and my sixth grade class, and like a <laughs> lot of those kids hadn't really ever heard the Beatles or like been exposed to them like the way that I had. Yeah. Um, but the way Mr. Colson presented it, like he talked about the lyrics and he talked about like how the lyrics, um, everybody basically knows who the Beatles are. Yeah. So I thought, I don't really have to go into the history of the band or anything like that. But, um, if, if anyone is wondering the Beatles are a band made up of four guys, um, who, um, were popular from around 1958 is when they started um, to about 1970 when they kind of all went their separate ways. Yeah. So it was made up of John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and then Ringo joined the band in 1962, which actually was a new bit of info for me. Um, So with that being said, the Beatles were big in the sixties they started out um, in England and then like they came over with what's called the British invasion in America. Yeah. It was like the Rolling Stones and stuff, but mm-hmm. like the Beatles were, you know, part of it. Yeah. They were, and they were big, the biggest thing of the whole, of the whole invasion, if you mm-hmm. would say. Yeah. Um. So, but specifically I wanted to kind of keep the background information to this movie so, um, just to start out, when we first started watching the movie, you and me, like the first 30 seconds of the film, yeah. we see, we see George fall over yeah, and Ringo topple on top of him. <laughs> and then they both kind of get up laughing and start running. And you're like, oh my gosh, I wonder if that was on purpose. Like you asked yeah. me that. And it turns out that it was not on purpose. Like it wasn't an intentional thing. So um, they were running from actual real life fans. Oh my God. Like those were all real fans that were chasing them. And um, George stumbled and Ringo fell over him and and George actually like ripped part of his suit. But they were like, we got to just keep going. (laughs) And they thought that that was just so funny that they kept it in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny because you actually had asked that question. Um, I also, this is like a lot of new information for me, just specifically about the movie. Um, the title, a hard day's night was actually a phrase that was coined by Ringo when he was talking about how hard he had worked the day before. And they all decided that that would actually be a really great title for the movie. Yeah. So, um, John Lennon was like, if that's going to be the title, I'll just sit down 
and write a song about it. So the Hard Day's Night wasn't a song before the movie came out. It was a song because the movie came out. As like original song from the movie. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So I guess him and Paul McCartney were kind of like in a competition of who could write the song first. <laughs> and John Lennon won. So okay. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um also this movie was distributed by United Artists, which is a production company. Mm-hmm. And they actually didn't even care about the movie. Okay. They, they were like, yeah, they were like, we're going to put this movie out, but it could bomb and we could care less because the Beatles had a loophole in their contract that didn't state anything that a soundtrack couldn't be released yeah. with them on it. So United Artist took this movie as an opportunity to release a soundtrack of all Beatles songs. Oh. So they were thinking we're going to profit more on the actual soundtrack because yeah. everyone's going to buy the soundtrack rather than the movie. Mm-hmm. But little did they know or realize that the movie was going to be such a big hit. Yeah. Because the movie ended up making $8 million in its first week. Oh my like God. In the sixties. So that's huge. Yeah. Um, so this thing that they thought was going to be a throwaway movie ended up being one of the most profitable profitable movies of all time, percentage-wise. My goodness. I know. So. Um, I see how it is. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to me, though, reading all these things, because yeah. even when we watched it the other day, like, I take it, I took this movie as just kind of, like, this fun, like, movie, right? Like, there's yeah. not much to it. Like, it's more of, like, a, to me, like, a big, long music video that's just kind of was fun for them to make. Yeah. But this movie actually had an impact on a lot of different things. Oh. Yeah. So, like, it's a lot more, um, I guess, meaningful and impactful than I even realized that it was. Yeah. So, um, I, because, um, I'm sorry. So this movie was impactful because, um, in several different ways, first of all, um, the scene at the press conference where Ringo is, talking to a reporter and she says, are you a mod or a rocker? And he says, I'm a maca. <laughs> um, that's actually the number 53 most famous movie lines of all time. Oh God. Um, okay. And I know that you said like when we were watching the movie, you were like, this is like kind of weird because there was a lot of like weird cuts. Yeah. And jumps. And like, you're like, at one point you're like, what? is really happening here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you want to share your thoughts on that a little bit. Well, like, well, the first, like, what happened was, like, I've, like, okay, so there's two things that's, like, how did they do this? But the second thing was John was in the bath, mm-hmm. and he put his whole body under the bathtub and when they have to go to the movie like not the movie like the tv gig like station he he, they're draining the bath and he's like where's sean lennon and he goes 
And like a robe being like, hey, yeah. how are you doing? Yeah, it was like he was in the bath. And then he was not in the bath. But no one ever saw him get out of the bath. So it's like, what is really happening here? Right. John Lennon. Yeah. Which was that. That was kind of weird to me. Yeah. But it was also funny. Yes. Yeah, but there wasn't, like, very weird cuts. I mean, there was cuts because it's a movie, but I thought it was pretty well cut. It's just those, like, two moments, and I'm like, yeah. Well, and then, like, there was the one, too, where you looked at me and you're like, what was that? Because when Paul McCartney has, like, in the makeup studio and he is talking into the mirror, and then all of a sudden he, like, cuts weird and he goes, zap! And you're like, what was that? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Um, (laughs) But I only mention this because, like, this was done in a purposeful sort of way. So the director, Richard Lester, um, filmed this movie in a French new wave style. So there was purposely jump cuts, direct talking into the camera and lots of bits of absurd humor. Okay. Which is like, that was a thing at the time. Like these auteur directors in France were making these um, kind of like interesting and abstract films. Um, Yeah. And it was, that's what was called the French new wave. Um, And I guess because Richard Lester brought it into this movie, it became a popular way of filming a movie in general. Yeah. So like, not only did this movie have an impact on like the Beatles and like, it also had an impact just on movie making in general because people thought like, well, if it's cool enough for like the Beatles to do it in their film, like let's try it out here. Yeah. Um, He also used multiple cameras to like catch different things and like get like kind of different candid shots and candid things that were happening while the movie was being filmed. Mm -hmm. Um, And people thought that was so innovative and um, like special that they started doing that on all types of like movie movies about music Mm -hmm. so like there's a movie about woodstock and there's a movie about monterey pop which are two really like huge concerts and i guess they use this multi-camera style to film those concerts to be able to catch those candid moments yeah of like people in the audience listening to the music and then cutting it together yeah so um that also kind of like changed the way that those types of things were filmed because of this movie Mm -hmm. um and also there was a dance craze, and I'm sure that you would find this interesting because you're like, also was like, what is going on? So the <laughs> um, scene where the Beatles are at the club and they're dancing and Ringo starts dancing with the guy and they start jumping up and down. Yeah. That's called pogo dancing. I was going to rename it the Ringo, but okay. Yeah. So I get it became a thing after this movie, pogo dancing. Guys, they it's the Ringo now. It's not pogo dancing. It's the Ringo. The Ringo. Yeah. Where you just move your hands and do the occasional jump. Yes. But I guess the guy who was filming it with him, the guy he was started dancing with, yeah. he was only jumping in, up and down so he could keep an <laughs> eye on his girlfriend while they were filming. Oh, my God. Because I guess she was dancing in the crowd, too. Yeah. So he was jumping up and down to see who she was dancing with. And then Ringo was like... Oh, we're jumping up and down now. <laughs> and so, and then it became kind of like a dance craze situation. They, 
They shouldn't have called it pogo dancing. They should have called it the Ringo because the Ring Ringo was dancing so absurdly. It was so funny because like he was shaking his hands, you know, and just moving, and then had the occasional jump. Yes. Yeah, but he was jumping because of that guy, and then then that guy was just like <laughs> trying to keep an eye on his girlfriend, which I thought was like <laughs> he was super... probably like, why is Ringo jumping? Yeah, I thought that was super funny. Um, so. Getting back to that, I just thought that that was a little fun tidbit that you would like. Um, another thing is the scene where they're running through the field, and I think yeah. Can't Buy Me Love is in the background. Um, John Lennon actually wasn't there for that scene. So apparently he was off promoting a book that he wrote called John Lennon in his own right. And there was actually a body double that ran around with the three other guys <laughs> in the field. And then they cut. Um, he was like edited into the scenes later. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I guess he like ran around a field by himself and then they <laughs> cut him in to it afterwards. <laughs> that must have been yeah. so funny. You just don't know a movie's filming and you just see John Lennon just yeah. running around in a like, field by himself. Yeah. Like we're cutting it into this. And that's like one of the most famous scenes of the movie. Yeah. Them running around through the field. And it's like John Lennon wasn't even there. And now that I know that though, like it's interesting to watch the movie again because yeah. you'll notice that a lot of it is close-ups of just Paul and Ringo and George. Yeah. Like, even at the end when the, the guy comes up and goes, this is private property. It's just the three of them, and John's not in that shot. Yeah. So Also, um, loves John Hatt in that scene. Yeah, you do. You loves John Hatt in the whole movie. I really like that hat. I want that hat. Okay, we'll have to find you that hat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, anyways, I thought that that was, that was interesting. Yeah. And then, um, also, the screenwriter... Alan Owen put together the movie after he followed the Beatles around France. Yeah. Um, and he made them into stereotypes. So I'm going to say a bad word here for a second. Oh, not a bad word, but you know, it's, it's a word. It says, um, so he made them into stereotypes. So Paul was the cute and sensible one. Yeah. George Harrison was the quiet and shy one. Mm-hmm. And Ringo was the dim-witted and sad one. Poor Ringo. My goodness. And then John was supposed to be the smart ass. Okay. So do you yeah. see that mm-hmm. in all of those guys? I mean, not really Ringo. Ringo was just living his life doing the Ringo. Yeah. I mean, they definitely tried to make him sad. Yeah. Like with the river walk scene and stuff. Yeah. After the grandfather told him he needed to go out and live his life more. But he's already living his life. He's a freaking beetle, man. I know. Yeah. So anyways, that was like the stereotypes they were supposed yeah. to be playing in the movie. Um, but it's hard to play yourself with this acting like a stereotype, and then it's just zoomed up in his face, and then just stop there. It stopped. It stopped there. Yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah, and it was just like that. I think that's the style of the film. That's what it was going for. Yeah. But they mention a lot about Paul's grandfather being clean. Like mm-hmm. every time someone talked about him, they would say he's very clean. Very and I clean. and I guess it was because. Wilford Bramall, who was the who was the grandfather, yeah, he was famous for a role in a show called Steptoe and Son, yeah, and he was always referred to as a dirty old man in that show. Oh. So in the movie, they thought it was funny to always refer to him <laughs> as a person who's very very clean, yeah. So I'm sure that like 
in the sixties, had we known all of that information, we thought it would be hilarious that they always talked about how clean he was. But now I'm like, is he really yeah, clean? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are you sure? <laughs> I like, I like in the beginning <laughs> of the movie, how like everyone keeps asking like, Hey, who's this old man? And like the third person comes in and goes, Hey, and they all go, Who's, Who's that old man? man? Yeah. But John, he was like, oh, I was supposed to say it with him. Man. Yeah. Like he came in a little late. But it was funny because all of them stopped and you just hear John say, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. we get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Steptoe and Son was actually, I guess it was a famous British um, show. Yeah. And it actually got turned into a really famous American show called Stanford and Son and it was featuring Red Fox. So that's actually another um I guess way that the British often uh influence the things that we watch and do. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of British shows that come over to America and with a different title. Yeah. But same kind of situation so Mm -hmm. um and even back in the 60s they were doing that yeah so um yeah another interesting tidbit and i again um i'm gonna wrap it up soon got it um but another interesting tidbit that i thought would go along with our reality bites conversation yes and our perks of being a wallflower conversation thank you all for listening to that yeah um is that some of the Beatles were shown smoking in this movie, and yes. apparently it shocked America. Like, they were supposed <laughs> to be marketed as these cute, sweet, and harmless boys that were, yeah. like, influencing our children. And the fact that they were smoking, they felt that that gave them almost like a criminal aspect. I guess, oh, like, gosh. back in the 50s, yeah. in the in the early 60s, mm-hmm. like, showing smoking meant, like, you were kind of, like, a, a having deviant behavior. Oh, gosh. So, I guess, yeah. before this, because the Beatles weren't the first person, to, first band, I guess, yeah. or musical group to make this type of movie. Like, Elvis was making these movies far before the Beatles were. Yeah. And he and his team was like, we're never going to show Elvis smoking because it, they didn't want to give him like that kind of like deviant connotation to his reputation. Uh So the fact that we saw some of the Beatles smoking in this movie, it was like, Oh my gosh, first the long (laughs) hair. Now the smoking, what are we going to do? Which now I was like, Oh, they're smoking. Okay, cool. But it, isn't it kind of funny how, like, we went from, like, the the 50s, early 60s of, like, oh, no, smoking in movie? No. And then it became kind of, like, this regular thing. Yeah. And then, like, something that was normal, like, everyone's cool, like, everyone's smoking in the movies. Yeah. And now it's gone back to that. Like, like, oh, my God. They're smoking in a movie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I just thought that that was just interesting based on the prior conversations that yeah. we had. Way to tie it all in, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, the last thing that I'm going to share is, is that, like, when we watched this movie, you were kind of like, what is the plot? (laughs) There is no conflict. Like, what is happening here? Yeah, I think that there tried to be a conflict with, like, the grandfather being, uh, what did he always say? He's a mixer. Mixer. Yeah, because he's trying to make trouble. Yeah. Um, 
but it's mostly like I felt like I told you I was like this is mostly just like a really long music video with some acting with some acting with a little bit of a story but mostly yeah. it's like to highlight their music right mm-hmm. um and actually in 1984 Richard Lester the director was given an award from MTV for being the father of the music video for directing this movie huh. yeah Wow. So, like, I think that those vibes were were true and real. True and real. So, um, like I said, I just wanted to keep the background information to this movie. Um, so I won't go into, like, the other, like, Beatles trivia that we yeah. could spend forever on, really. We could talk about this forever. Yes. But most of our listeners have probably already heard it before. Mm-hmm. And those things are out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a really good um, like limited series show on Hulu right now. Mm-hmm. And it has Paul McCartney and he's going through like old songs and old tracks. Yeah. Um, Just kind of talking about like how they wrote it, why they wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, So if anyone's interested in that kind of background stuff, definitely check that out on Hulu. And there's a new Disney Plus thing going around yeah get back get back on disney plus which is a six hour documentary <laughs> about like the last thing that the beatles did before they broke up yeah uh, i watched about an hour of it so far <laughs> um and it's very insightful about how they wrote their songs like they're great songwriters yeah you know but like i it's interesting to sh- see them like sitting around and they just talk about stuff yeah. Like, oh, I went to this place and they just start singing a song about going to that place. And like, oh, can we make this into a song? Like, let's see if we can make it a song. I know, like, listening to other interviews that I've heard of Paul McCartney, like, he's often said, like, we didn't really often think about what we were going to write. Like, yeah. it was like, let's, you want to, we want to put a pool in your backyard. Let's write a song that's going to buy us a pool. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because their songs are very, like, meaningful and insightful to a lot of people but they also were just kind of like hey we're a band let's write some songs <laughs> yeah you know mm-hmm. so that's kind of interesting to me too yeah well so, i think that that wraps up the background i don't want to keep us here forever well now that you guys are all settled and have a snack and a drink yeah or like water or something let's get into characters yeah so in really can we call them characters not really except for the actors (laughs) yes because we have like we said we have john and paul and george George and ringo Ringo. those are the main guys they are the beatles yeah we all we all know them most of us love them yeah i don't know gracie you said before (laughs) that you weren't the biggest beatles fan can we talk about that for a second why not okay so I've grown up with the Beatles. My mom loves the Beatles. We even have a shirt (laughs) that everyone in our family wore. Um, That was the Beatles shirt. Um, But when I was like five to like maybe ten, I did not like the Beatles. Whenever a song came on that sounded like the Beatles, I was like, is this the Beatles? And if you said yes, I'm like, turn it off right now. Yeah, but I don't why? Like I don't know. You were just kind of like, like this is like I'm too exposed. Maybe I think it was because it was an old band, and I didn't. I was too used to Justin Bieber, and okay. like those 
types of people that I'm like, this is an old band. Why are they playing right now? Oh, yeah. So you're more like into the pop stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. I sometimes wonder too if your grandma Erin had a little bit of a pull on you because she wasn't a big Beatles fan either. (laughs) And she'd always say that like, I'm not the biggest Beatles fan. So, you know, maybe it was her influence as well. I actually don't remember her saying anything. Oh, of that. really? So oh. it was just me, myself, and I. Oh, she would always say that to me. <laughs> and then she would say, I was more of an Elvis fan, or I was more of a, um, you know, Prince fan. She loved Prince. So, hey. um, yeah. Yeah. So I often wonder, I was like, maybe it was Grandma Aaron's influence on you. <laughs> because, you know, people often say you're either like an Elvis fan or you're a Beatles fan, but yeah. rarely are you both. And she was definitely the Elvis fan. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely the Beatles fan. And my grandpa is both. Yeah. I mean, look, I think I'm under the impression that you can be both. Yeah. So, because I, I enjoy some Elvis songs as much as I enjoy some Beatles songs. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, let's love them all. Yes. You know? So, um, so the, so. How about we just let it be? <laughs> yes, exactly. I so, thought of one last, that one last night and I wrote it down. <laughs> Good times. Good times. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> um, so now we've gone through why, but so, but you're starting to come around. I'm starting to come around. I've been I haven't been listening to more on my own. I just, I listened to them. I saw the Yesterday movie, liked the songs in that. Saw A Hard Day's Night, liked the songs in that. Yeah. But you know what? I'd have to say that, like, your feelings about it are kind of like, um, or, like, you're kind of warming up to them. Yeah. It's a little bit the same as I was talking about. Like, I appreciated the Beatles growing up, but yeah. I didn't quite get into them until I was, like, your age. Mm-hmm. Because that's when I was able to really, like, listen to them with, like, my own ear and my own experiences yeah. and be like, oh, like, I these I was really listening to the lyrics. Yeah. And really starting to, like, appreciate what the music was trying to say. Also, I got a little push from my friend Alexandria. Uh-huh. Because she's like, the Beatles are great. I love the Beatles. You should listen to the Beatles. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try the Beatles. She loves the Beatles. She, the Beatles. She has a poster and a shirt that I, I got her the shirt. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's another thing, too. Yeah. It's like now that your friends are kind of like appreciating that kind of stuff, too, you're like, okay, maybe I should give it a shot. Yeah. Like my whole sixth grade class was like, these Beatles guys are kind of cool. And I'm like, let me show up to this party with the CD because that's. Let me feel cool yeah. for a day. Yeah. Because not often did I, <laughs> but for those that, you know, length of that CD, I was pretty cool at that party. Yeah. Showing up with it. So, um, yeah. So mm-hmm. that is definitely something that could, that could turn it around. And did you, who like the characters in this movie, the Beatles, like there were lots of songs. Um, they sang A Hard Day's Night, of course. Of course. Um, Should Have Known Better. I want to be your man, all my loving. Um, if I fell, can't buy me love, and I love her. Dance with you, tell me why, and she loves you. Like all of those were Beatles songs in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, listening to the, watching the movie and listening to the song, seeing them perform it, which one would you say was your favorite? I have two. Oh, okay. One was. 
should have known better. Yeah. And dance with you. And dance with you. That was those were my favorite. Nice. I like those. Should have known better. We've heard that one twice. Should have known better. Because mm-hmm. they they played it for like a rehearsal, and then they they played the full song when they're actually performing it. Well, and well, actually, should have known better was the one that they were playing in the train car. Oh, which you had the real insightful wow. insight about. <laughs> What did you say about it? Okay. So, them, they were in like a circus cage because they had to get the grandpa somewhere where they wouldn't lose track of him. So, they're in there. There's girls like surrounding like the cage Mm -hmm. and they're playing music and playing cards. And I thought like they're trapped in this cage with everyone watching them. Yeah. Because they're so famous. And I thought it was a metaphor. Yeah, like they felt like kind of like animals in a zoo with people watching them and coming to see them like perform. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. When you said that, I was like, that's really insightful. I was like, because like, again, I thought this was just kind of like a happy-go-lucky movie. Yeah. But that could actually be something that they were trying to convey. (laughs) First time watching it, ladies and gentlemen. I know. And she's coming on with those hot takes. Yes. So good job. Um, I would say that my favorite songs since the first time I've seen this movie was If I Fell. Yeah. I think that that's a really pretty song. I like that one, too. And um, I have always liked Should Have Known Better as well. Mm-hmm. So we have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think um, after watching the movie? And seeing them in action, we have John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Which one would be your favorite? John Lennon. John Lennon. Why? First of all, his hat. Gorgeous. Love it. Second off, I like that he was like kind of like the comedic relief. Because he was always like goofy. Mm-hmm. And he was always like, oh, sorry, man. You know? Yeah. So he was like the comedic relief of the movie. And I, I really like that. So John, John Lennon. Yeah. Like, I love the part where he, like, convinces the woman in the hallway that he is not John Lennon. Like, she's like, oh, wow, you really look like him. And he goes, I don't think I look like him at all. And she's like, you should look in the mirror and see. And he goes, and they look at it, and she goes, you know, you're right. You really look nothing like him. And he goes, you look more like him than I do. (laughs) So I'd like, yeah, he's really, really funny in this movie. So... John Lennon, I put that in air quotes because is he really John Lennon? I'm pretty sure that is his name. Okay. Yeah. So he, I think, oh, yes. I see. Every time. Every time. So is he really John Lennon? Yes. Let's hope so. Yeah. I mean, it could have been the body double. Right. That was (laughs) running through the field. That was running through the field. Right. So um, John Lennon is usually most people's favorites starting out. Like, you know, because like he was starting out. Yes, starting out, man. Because I, when I first was listening to the Beatles growing up, I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, like, they're what's up. Like, they're the songwriters and they're like the guys with the plan. Well, you've always said George was your favorite. Yeah. As I got older, I was like, you know what? I like George. (laughs) George is like the unsung hero. Yeah. You know, I think that like even Ringo gets a lot of 
like acknowledgement because he was kind of like goofy and the drummer in the back. Yeah. But like George, like is a wonderful songwriter. Mm -hmm. He's got a beautiful voice. Yeah. Like even you said the one that he sang, um, dance with you. I think it was, Mm -hmm. you were like, wow, he has a really good voice. And I don't think like he gets the credit he deserves most times. Mm -hmm. And like, even at the end of the movie, like, and he's doing that goofy little like strut in the back. It's like he had this like kind of like humorous side to him. Yeah. You know? And I think you see it more in the help movie. So yeah. I think help is in the movie box and we'll probably pull that out at some point. Imagine but like people this time just double Beatles movies. Right. Maybe we should have done that. But we're we we're like we Tom tr- Hanks and Castaway. We live and die by the movie box. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so I think that, um, George is my favorite just because he was talented and he, I didn't think he always got the attention that he deserved because he was, he was back there getting done, writing songs, singing Mm -hmm. songs and doing his thing. So, um, that's who I would say my favorite Beatle is. Yeah. So. Because this is a, you know, Beatles-centered film, we don't have a lot of other characters to really discuss. Yeah. And we do have Grandpa, played by Wilfred Bramall, again, who was a, I guess, a popular comedic actor back in the 50s and 60s. Um, He definitely had a vibe. He was a troublemaker. Yeah. And he was good at it. He was good at it, but, like, you know, don't really... Like, like the troublemaker, but yeah. he was funny at times. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he played his part well. Yeah. He was a comedic mm-hmm. aspect and he was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, it's like a really heavy British humor. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch other movies from this era, like Monty Python, things like that, you'll definitely, yeah. it's just like that kind of British humor. It's just like kind of quirky. Yeah. You know, which... I appreciate Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. So um, he did that well. Mm -hmm. We also have Norman Shake, the road managers, played by Norman Rossington and John Junkin. Yeah. And then the other person was the TV director, played by Victor Spinetti, which I see, like, in those three guys are in the other Beatles movies. Okay. So So it's kind of like... Adam Sandler's crew. Yeah. It's kind of like those were the guys that they they took along yeah. with them mm-hmm. on their movie journeys. So, and they all played kind of funny characters. Yeah. Especially the Victor Spinetti guy. Mm-hmm. He was kind of like quirky. Like, he's always like high anxiety. Okay. Which must be just like the character actor part he likes to play. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel about him? I mean, it was the TV director. He was just kind of like, oh, my God, the grandpa ruined the show again. Yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, my God, what is happening here? I need you guys to get there, get there, get there. He was very focused on his shop, which, I mean, go for your TV director. You want everything to go right on TV. So, you know, he's just doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. That's doing his job. That's my opinion on him. Yeah. And apparently the sweater that he wore in that movie was just a sweater he brought from home. Apparently. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
which I think it's funny because they mentioned the sweater in the movie. He was like, I wonder if his wife knows about that woman. And he's like, well, he can't be married. Look at that sweater, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I think that that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, not too much to discuss about the characters mm-hmm. because we all know and love them. And then those other characters were there for like supportive comedic relief. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Um, Norman Shake were always arguing over like why was he taller than him? It was and it was like almost like Norm was being tall on purpose. And then at the end, he's like, "No, you are just shorter. You're just shorter." And that's we just have to come to terms with that. So, yeah. yeah. So moving on from characters, let's go to favorite part, worst part. What was your favorite part of this movie? When John Lennon was convincing the girl that he doesn't look like himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> Awesome. I, that is one of my one of my favorites too. Or at the like of course Ringo dancing uh, dancing the Ringo and like the end when George was doing his little shuffle. Yeah, so the dancing parts. Yeah. Those are both good parts. Basically. Yeah. John convincing the girl that it wasn't him is one of my favorite parts too. I have that mm-hmm. written down. Yeah. Because I always like that. He goes, She looks more like him than I do. For some reason when I was younger, that used to make me laugh so hard. Yeah. So um good picks. Mm-hmm. I also love the part where George accidentally walks into the ad agency mm-hmm. and they're like trying to convince him that he's a model who's gonna be like selling shirts. And he's like, oh, these shirts are grotty. And they're like, grotty? And then you can see the guy who is the assistant to the ad agent person, like, whispering to him, that's George Harrison. He goes, stop whispering in my ear, because he doesn't realize who it is. Oh. And so I thought that was kind of funny. And, like, so, and then he's basically, (laughs) like, putting down everything the guy is saying is popular and cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, and this is why we love George. Love George. So yeah. I like that part a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny how you said how it's like in the when they're running to get on the train, they have all these fans that are yeah. like chasing after them and they get off the train, they have fans chasing after them. They have people all around them that are like, Oh, it's the Beatles. But then like on the train, it's like no one could care less who they are. <laughs> yeah. Or like even in like the TV station or the TV studio, like there's just people around just like, whatever. <laughs> it's the Beatles. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Like, even though they were the Beatles, there were a lot of people in the movie who didn't realize that they were like the Beatles. Yeah. And yeah. there's a scene where Ringo's just walking around, you know, and he buys like a hat and a jacket. That's all. He does. He totally doesn't look like Ringo at all with a hat and a jacket on. <laughs> yeah. That's all it takes, I guess, not to look like himself anymore. I guess so. Which segues great into my worst part i look i love this movie i think it's fun but ringo walking around and going down the river and being sad and taking pictures like it could have been shorter i mean yeah it's kind of boring i was like really do we need this but it wasn't my worst part what was your worst part when Granddad was speaking to Ringo about, like, living your life, even though he's a beetle, he's living his life, touring around this place, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when he, the grandpa was run, running away from the police, because does he really need to run away from the police? He could just stay and get caught, like, get, like, like, oh, my God. 
released. Right. From by old Polly. Yeah. Well, and they um even the police like were like gonna let him go. Yeah. And he like for some reason felt like he had to run away from them. I know. So So yeah. but I think again that was part of the joke mm-hmm. was like he felt like he was <laughs> way more important than they did. <laughs> yeah. So um but yeah. Like the part where Ringo walks around and then the police chasing part, both a little bit long for yeah. what the story was supposed to be, mm-hmm. for sure. So, so yeah. How about we go to, um, well, we can't recast it. Like if this movie were made today, like we can't really recast a hard day's night because it is about the Beatles. Yeah, and unless we, don't wanna, we remade it with like someone else, like people like, who aren't the Beatles. Who, like, why would we ever do that? Yeah, like there. What would be the purpose of that remake? Yeah. So yeah, we're not recasting, but there has been like movies or like shows like A Hard Day's Night with other people. Yeah, like I, when I was yeah, when I was doing the background like they call these jukebox films I guess. Yeah. And so like after this movie um, there was like Don't Look Back with Bob Dylan um, the monkeys who were created to kind of um, gain success based on the Beatles. Hey, they hey. made a movie like this called Head. Yeah. And that I guess it's real trippy weird. Got um, it. The Bee Gees made Sgt. Pepper's, which was actually based on Beatles songs, but the Beatles were not in it. They like, played Sergeant the Beatles Pepper's song. sounds familiar because they have, like, the pretty, like, like wild yeah. suits. Right. But it was Beatles songs performed by the Bee Gees yeah. in this movie. And that's also kind of a little bit of a trippy one. Um, there's Tommy by The Who, yeah, which is also another kind of trippy musical with Anne Margaret in it. Yeah. One day maybe we'll watch that one too. Um there's Rock and Roll High School with the Ramones. Mm-hmm. Purple Rain. Prince. By Prince. Also kind of like, you know, like the they're highlighting the music. Yeah. But in but there's like supposed to be a story with it. Yeah. You know? Um and then also in the nineties there was Spice World. With the Spice Girls, which I would have to say is the closest to, like, maybe a Hard Day's Night vibe because they're both British, like, groups. Yeah. And it was kind of them on tour and, like, this, like, the craziness that ensues while they're on tour. Yeah. Um, so. Another, bringing it up back to Glee, they had, yeah. like, that concert. Yeah. 3D concert thing in 2012. Yeah. Which is a good segue because, like, if this movie were made today, I think that we do see these movies made today, but they're more of, like, the Glee concert movie. Like, they're more, like, concert movies. Mm -hmm. And then you get, like, a backstage look at to what's happening backstage. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that, listeners. Um, But, so, like, there's Katy Perry had one Mm -hmm. where it kind of documented, like, when she got divorced from Russell Brand. But Mm -hmm. then it was, like, also a concert movie. Like, it was why, like she, why she's are we crying about backstage, and now she's singing songs. Um, yeah. And then I know that like One Direction had one concert movie. Me and One Direction go way back. Yeah, I would have to say that like One Direction, like 
they compared them a lot to the Beatles because they had like the girls chasing them. They're also like British. Yeah. The They're British band. British boy band. And then we even talked about like while we were watching the movie that the movie reminded you of their music video. So when they were in the office, I don't know who was in like the office. I think it was Paul and George. Yeah. Paul and George were in this office talking to like the TV director mm-hmm. and it very much felt like um, a music video from One Direction because I forgot what song. Yeah, the best song ever. The best song ever. Yeah. They were in the office and everyone was playing someone and, you know. Yeah, they were all playing like silly parts. Yeah. And, and- I thought it. Remind it reminded me of that. Yeah, and I kind of wonder if that was kind of like inspiration mm-hmm. as well. Like yeah. it's kind of like a this zaniness that ensues during this music video. Yeah. Plus, I think they had like clips of them running from girls. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know. So, because yeah. they were they were pretty popular until Zane decided to go his own direction. His own one direction. His own. His own direction. And even in the movie. Ringo they, does that. They say. They talk about the Beatles. And they say. They're an early clue to the new direction. Which made me wonder. If maybe that's how even One Direction got their. Their name. Maybe not. But I thought <laughs> it was not, kind of funny. How yeah. It was kind of like. We both looked at each other when they said that. We went. Oh we were my like, god. We knew it. We knew it. Yeah. yeah. So. But. Yeah, Zane quit right before I went to one of their concerts, so a little salty about that. Yeah, like we finally made it to a One Direction concert, and then Zane decided not to show up. We even made shirts. Yeah, with his face X'd out on it. Yeah. Said the X Factor. The X Factor. Because that's how they were created. Everyone complimented us. Yeah, we were we were on top of it at the concert. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, so getting back to this, that <laughs> if these were made today, I think that the these movies have shifted into concert movies. Like, it used to be One Direction, now it's BTS. Everyone yeah. loves BTS, you know. And they also have a concert movie. Yeah. And it's, uh, like, but also using the same, like, directorial, um, like, aspects. Yeah. Like, the multi-camera. Like, mm-hmm. getting those candid shots the way that Hard Day's Night did. Mm-hmm. They're just applying them to yeah. these, like, new concert movies. Yeah. Which I find are pretty interesting to watch. Like, I like them. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the Katy Perry one, and I liked the One Direction one. Justin so, Bieber even has one. Yeah. I think a lot of them now. Taylor Swift has one. Yes. Called they, Reputation. Yeah, they all have them. They all have them. I think even Beyonce. Beyonce has one, yeah. And... Everyone has one. Beyonce has to have one. Because it's Beyonce. Right. Queen B. Everyone, every time someone says Beyonce, I think of the SNL skit when Maya Rudolph was Beyonce yeah. and they did the hot wings. Yes. She's like, I will not be drinking a cup of milk on camera. <laughs> oh, so good. Well, everyone loves Beyonce just as much as everyone loves the Beatles. Yes. You know? Okay. So... Um, let's bring it back to that. We really went off track. Yeah, we did. Today. But like, if these movies, we couldn't recast it. We we really couldn't yeah. recast it. I know that for a minute, Brian was like, "You should talk about who you would put in it." He's like, "Talk about who John C. Riley would play," and I'm like, 
absolutely no one. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> we're like thinking Tom Holland, but I don't think Tom Holland. Yeah, and we're like we're like Timothy Chalamet could have played somebody, but I guess we say that in every movie we try to recast. So let's just put a shirt where Issa Rae and Timothy yeah. Chalamet should be in every movie yeah, ever. Should imaginable. be in everything, but in this movie, no, no, because you can't touch it. The Beatles are the Beatles, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. So, with that being said, would you show this movie to your kids? Yes, I would if it's still on streaming services. Great. And this is probably one that maybe we could show, like, again, watch with me. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Because I really think that, like, this is a movie that, like, is nostalgic, right? Yeah. It's something where it's like, then I could tell my stories all over again. And yeah. I could tell them about grandma's stories all over again. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like this generational thing yeah. that you keep sharing, mm-hmm. you know, kind yeah. of makes it special. Like an heirloom. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> Look at you. Look at me being smart this episode. So... Did you like this movie? Like, let's get into the G-rated review. Let's give give us all your thoughts. I give it a 4.5 G. Ooh, that's pretty high. It is pretty high. I liked it. I thought it was goofy. John Lennon really put it up there on the Gs. Liked him. Liked George. Liked Ringo. Liked Paul. Didn't really like the grandpa. Yeah. I mean, he's there, again, For it's funny. It's British humor, which I haven't really gone in. Two yet. I've yeah. mostly watched American comedy based movies, but you know, is that White Lost Have a Star? Yeah, the grandpa. The grandpa. The grandpa gave it. Yeah, just a little less. Yeah. Okay. Well, also, you know, why does the grandpa it. even have to be in it? Well, they. I think they were trying to create a plot. Okay. You know, and he was the he was the the problem that they were trying to find a solution for. Yeah. So. I, that's why he's that was his purpose. Four point five G's for G rated review for G rated for a rated G movie, and that's pretty. Yeah, it was a rated G movie. This is our <laughs> first kind of G rated movie, yeah. even though they they smoke and drank and did all of it, and there was apparently some suggestive language. Don't know where Still that. Trying one. to find it. <laughs> it's way you know, deep in it. Yeah, you know. So um. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a really great. I was expecting lower, to be honest. Really? Compared to some of the other movies we've watched. So, yay. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Now, let's go ahead and pick our newest film. We're going to move some of these papers around and pick out our new flick out of the movie box. So, here we go. Gracie's pulling one out. And it is... Summer school. Summer school. <laughs> okay. Yay. <laughs> oh, this is, uh, okay. Uncle Josh is going to love this one. Um, this is one that we used to watch a lot when you're younger. It's yeah. an 80s flick. It's oh, a comedy. God. It's it's goofball. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to your thoughts on that one. Um, so, all right. On that note, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say because I wasn't expecting summer school to come out of the box that quick. <laughs> um, but here we are. So um, please join us next time as we discuss summer school. 
And remember, when it comes to movies, listen, listen to your mother. mother.